Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. And welcome to Painting of the Week. Uh, today we are looking at a gorgeous painting, to be fair, uh, The Penitent Magdalene by Georges de la Tour. Um, painted pretty broad, isn't it? What did yeah. they say, Laura? Something like six- 1625 to 1650. Yeah. It's... He took his time on this one. Well, <laughs> or, or they're just not quite sure when he painted it. Okay. Probably, probably... Oh, yes, I don't think there was much known about him. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> as always, and I know that many of you are regular listeners, and thank you. Thank you also to those who are telling your friends, dragging them into the room um, to hopefully enjoy these podcasts. We're now in our, rather scarily, we just realised we're now, this is like number 50 something, isn't it? I tell you, I'm definitely a massive thank you from me. 50 something. Anyway. Love looking at these paintings. uh, So please go to 7th. (laughs) <laughs> hyphen art.com s-e-v-e-n-t-h hyphen a-r-t.com that's our website um, I know you'll all want to be distracted by the shop and go there and buy lots of presents <laughs> but go first to the painting of the week where you can see the painting or for those of you on what looking at this on YouTube um, absolutely the most simple films that we make which is basically us talking and the picture um People can get on with their ironing and stuff, can't they? When they're listening, and looking at the picture. Exactly, and it has to be said. Unfortunately, to the best of our knowledge, this painting is, while owned by the Met, is not on display, which is a shame because I think it's mar- marvelous. Yeah. Um, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> over to you. <laughs> Thank you. Talk Bill. to me about the penitent Magdalene. What well, it's look? quite dark. Yeah. But the penitent, obviously, is that she's sitting in, I mean, contemplation, uh, thinking about all her life. And then, uh, you, even when you just tap in at the penitent Mag- Magdalene, you just get up. There's so many. Mm. If you put in images, and as they reckon there could be about 109. She was quite a popular figure to paint you know being in contemplation as such contemplating her so why do you think she's popular oh well you know we've talked about this before haven't we yeah you're an artist and you're just slightly bored of doing portraits of dukes and duchesses and yes okay so, and and you know, your main commissioning body the church mm. wants religious paintings yes so you know what you want is, I mean, it, that's why the Bible, which I've, you know, with, with our film Eastern Art, we call the greatest story ever written, the greatest story ever painted. I mean, there's so many wonderful images in that, in the Bible to paint. And, you know, nowhere is it written in the Bible that the penitent Magdalene sits at a mirror and with a skull on her lap. No. On her lap. But... He would have been. A, I. I. I don't know the commissioning process for this particular painting, but um, you know he's able to paint something within a religious framework, but also allows him to express himself as an artist 
in terms of light. He can paint a young woman um, who's not entirely clothed. Um, he can show off his ability with cloth, with the texture of hands, with the texture of a skull, with the candlelight, with the, the light reflecting on the mirror. Um, she was... So she really, really was so faithful to uh, Jesus. So in Eastern art then, how have you got all the paintings probably must have, or, okay, not, not some of them, so many of them must have her no. in, in, the paint, in, she, in their paintings. She's a, she's a figure more painted subsequently than as she appears in the Bible, yeah. or in the Gospels. Um, you know, there are three Marys talked about. Uh, she, she clearly, Mary Magdalene is not the primary Mary. No, but um, because she had her her past was what she, you know, she, well, her sins of the past. I mean, you had to be very careful how you painted the mm. Virgin Mary. Mm. You know, Caravaggio, who we'll talk about in a minute, got into enormous trouble. Oh, really? Because he painted the dead Virgin Mary lying on a slab, and. You know, not in the typical way of ascending to heaven dressed in flowing robes, but basically as a woman off the street, oh. as, a, as a normal human female that had died. And that wasn't the only time he did that kind of thing, and it really shocked people. Oh, okay. Um, Mary Magdalene you can have more fun with, if you like, because she's got a bit of a racy reputation. Mm. You know, she's got long hair here because... Part of the story is she washes Jesus' feet with her hair. Yes. That's, quite a, that's a pretty sensual thing to do. Mm. You're not going to hear about the Virgin Mary doing that. No. Um, and then, you know, people riff on this story and there's a whole theme of the possibility that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married and had kids and that led to this certain, a certain line which exists to this day and it's all very murky and Dan Brown arrives and <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark and it's all, you know... It's pretty, pretty. I think it. I mean, one always hesitates to say something's nonsense, but it, it, it let's call it nonsense. Um, but you know, with the Mary Magdalene, an artist has the ability to express themselves whilst remaining relatively comfortable within a religious framework. Clearly, he's not trying to show anything of the period. No, I mean, she wouldn't have dressed like that, there wouldn't have been mirrors like that. You know, this is this is. If there was a model sitting, this is 17th century. And this is as much about... My understanding of Georges de Latour, this is as much about Georges Latour just enjoying the act of painting and showing off what he's capable of. OK, but also there's so much in it, though, isn't there? The, so the candle reflecting. Because there's other paintings very similar to this, and there is a one candle in it and things. Mm. And so the fact that... She's obviously reflecting. That's what he's trying to portray. Okay, yeah. She's trying to yeah. reflect on her past. Okay. And therefore, well, hence the penitent. Okay. Well, that's where I. I mean, it, all the paintings of her, the penitent Magdalene, are, after she's forgiven for her past, and she 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 seems to just be com, always like contemplating. Yeah, yeah. What her past? And of um, course, you know you got. The, the the skull is always a symbol of mortality, mm. obviously, mm. and you see the skull popping up fairly often in well, not fairly often, but you know, frequently enough in seventeenth century paintings as a reminder of 
mortality. Yeah. And I think even even the um, uh, uh, the candle, um, you know, that can be extinguished at any moment. I see. It's funny that, isn't it, with the skull? Because that hasn't got a lot to do with... Oh, maybe then she... I see, she's reflecting on the fact that her own mortality... She was the first person to see Jesus after he was risen. Yeah. And so is... I mean, I, on Appar- this painting... Apparently. Yeah, well, on this painting, all I was trying to do was work out the significance of all of it. Um, but even the fact that, she, that, you know, the penitent Magdalene um, and her, her expression, you don't see her expression at all. No. So you, I, it's, it's created by really the way she's sitting. I find that rather frustrating, actually. Mm. I mean, we we, yeah. we we haven't really encouraged people to look at the painting, have we? So, oh no, sorry. If you take a closer look, mm. um, again, it, formally it's very very smart. So you've got that central area of light that your eyes are immediately drawn to. So you close your eyes, you open your eyes, you're going straight to the the the. I don't know if you even call it a blouse, but I mean the the material yeah. that's. And her skin's very white, um, so you kind of go there, up up to the face which is turned away from us. I don't know. She, I don't think she's turned away from us in shame. I think she's she's looking at the mirror, but the perspective isn't quite right. No. She, wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to see herself in the mirror. No. Um, Maybe she's just. But then your eyes are, you know, you go back down her left arm or indeed directly to the two candles. You will then go around the, the, the frame, which is very beautifully done. And um, I think I mentioned once before that, that, you know, picture frames like this were deliberately, you know, obviously at night, things are lit by candlelight. And the picture frames themselves are often designed, and the reason they're gold and have this ornate, nature to them is to reflect light onto the painting in this case it's a mirror but yeah um well i don't think i was there when you mentioned that um, film. um i love that but then <laughs> if you, look, that. you start looking a bit carefully i'd <laughs> say that there are there's, there's a necklace yes and you know is is this is this representative of her dispensing of her jewelry and her um attributes of, of wealth and, and you know just because actually possessions because again if you look on the floor mm. I think there's another necklace down there and maybe even some four or five pearls again right. he, that she's just kind of discarding discarding and saying that she doesn't you know that's she, she, she's now going to pursue a, a, a life of fidelity and faith and, and as you said right. contemplation yeah but that beautiful red that drops you down into the darkness where you, you look carefully enough, you see those jewels and then you're kind of in the darkness yourself. Is that, is that, is he just, you know, is he making a point? I by think taking it's just us all into messages, the isn't it though? The fact that her hair's down, mm. so that's sort of a oh, loose woman. Is it, or is it just that it's before she goes to bed and she's just combed it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, again, what about I don't. The fact that her dress is red. But I don't think, yeah, no, I think that's significant because, oh, <laughs> bear in mind, 
by this point in in our history, the Virgin Mary is always in blue mm-hmm. because of lapis lazuli being such an expensive color coming from essentially one mine in Afghanistan, so it's very valuable. So for hundreds of years before this, they paint the Virgin Mary in blue. Um, and red has become associated with, you know, fiery and yeah. um, perhaps rather racy. Was she ever painted in a different colour? Virgin Mary? Mm. Be- yeah, she was, initially. Oh, okay. Um, it's a bit like that story that I've told of, you know, that, that Julius Caesar in purple. Yeah, okay. It's like people today will wear a lot of gold mm. or, you know, because they're showing off their wealth. Similarly, with it was such an expensive colour, because it's come all the way from Afghanistan, the rarer something is, the scarcer something is, the more expensive it is, so you're just showing off. And then they showed off by painting her in... Um, That's interesting. But also, in a lot of those other paintings, she always has um, it's like a jar of ointment or oil, because she did, when she... Uh, when she uh, dried uh, Jesus' feet, she also anointed his feet. Uh, okay. So often, so I was looking, and I did wonder if to the right of the mirror is there a little. Well, I'm clutching at straws a little bit on this one, but no, lots of the other paintings of her have a little jar. Mm, yeah. Maybe I mean there's something there. Yeah. It's if, if, it could be a candlestick, which is oh, very God. very cautiously painted I mean it's barely visible it's amazing how much of this painting is in the dark I mean we have to always exercise some caution because we're not looking at the original no and the original might have details that are not apparent in a in an image yeah um, yeah what so else I know, I know he you, was really you, a massive fan of Caravaggio ah and heavily influenced by him so he's well. He's probably influenced then by the Caravaggisti, isn't he? By the by those who were influenced by Caravaggio. You see what I mean? Oh, okay. So Caravaggio dies in sixteen ten. Um, I don't know Georges de la Tour's history well enough to know if he went to Italy because if he didn't go to Italy, he would barely have seen a Caravaggio because so many of them were are still in the same churches that they were painted for four hundred years ago. But there were other artists that were influenced by Caravaggio and they were called the Caravaggisti. Oh, okay. And they certainly made their way to Europe or were, you know. So that's, he's almost certainly, and you know, this chiaroscuro, this night effect, I mean, wonderful to paint, isn't it? Yeah. But it is exactly how it would look if there was a candle in the room. I mean... There wouldn't be any more light. Yeah. There wouldn't. It wouldn't come from anywhere else at yeah. all. So it's much more so, dramatic. Yeah. That's yeah. why Caravaggio is such a great artist because they're so dramatic. That often just a single source of light. Um, it amazes me. Just thinking about this the other day with the photos, and how. Obviously, this is all before cameras, and you sort of think to yourself, can an artist or can an artist capture a moment or a facial expression more than a photo would? Um, and there are certain artists that can. Do 
you know, it's very funny you should say that. And I know you didn't. You have no idea what I did yesterday evening. <laughs> so you're not. That no, I don't. <laughs> that wasn't a prompt. But I have a friend who is a professor of history, but his speciality is criminology. Oh, okay. And uh, he works at the Open University. His name is Professor Paul Lawrence. And yesterday he gave a talk. And I went to listen to this talk in Brighton. And it was about the police photo fit. Oh, okay. And <laughs> this is good. We can go off on a tangent here. <laughs> I love your life, though, Phil. Yeah, it was fascinating. <laughs> so he showed the first, what he believes to be the first police drawing of a criminal. Right. Uh, where they actually drew uh, an image of the person they were looking for the first time. And in, in the uh, 19th century, 1846, maybe something like that. And it's amazing because, <laughs> let me tell you the story, a dealer, coin dealer, gets on the Brighton train. Right. Would you believe? <laughs> and um, at Preston Park which is my station, my yeah. little station, before Brighton, um, this chap gets out of the compartment and he's lost his collar and the, the, the station staff notice that he's lost his collar, he's got a, 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 cha- a watch chain on his shoe, which they think is a bit odd, and he's got some blood on him. And they say, um, what's happened? He said, oh, I've been shot. And they say, well, better take him to the hospital. So they take him to the hospital probably the one in Elm Grove I guess anyway and he gets they, they don't they see some scratches and stuff they don't see a, they don't see a bullet wound and he says I've got to go I've got a meeting I've got to, and he really runs off right <laughs> not that long after the coin dealer is discovered who had been shot and had been thrown out of the train at Balcombe for those who don't know Balcombe is a bit further up the line towards London and they realise of course at that point that the the guy who'd come off of Preston Park is the number one right. uh, um, suspect. suspect. <laughs> and they, they, they do this picture and they print it. And this had never happened before. He takes rooms uh, locally and is caught very easily because he asks for his wages to be sent to these rooms. Right. And, so, and anyway, they find him <laughs> without the... Anyway, the point I'm making is that my friend Paul then took us through the history of the photo fit so you start with just being drawn yeah and then you got to something where it was done with overlays so you would overlay the hair and the ears and the, then you got the one which probably the one people know best which is like you have individual bits and you put it all together yeah the eyes and the nose so it's not overlays it's you're kind of creating a face um and of course today we're entering the world of, of artificial intelligence but yes. one of the conclusions made is that actually the trouble with a photo fit is that it almost it looks like a, it looks like a real person. Yeah, you could argue that's the point. But actually, <laughs> when you put all you put these ears and these eyes and the stuff together, it, it's so realistic, and in some ways it's not that helpful. Whereas a drawing just leaves a little bit more open to open to the imagination, and it's easier for someone. To dis, to, it's easier for someone's memory yeah. to be drawn than to be created with this photo fit. And of course, when photography That's first arrived in the middle of the 1850s, oh, well, earlier than that, but when you know, it takes off in the middle of the 19th century, 
it's exactly what painters were saying. You say, well, what do we do now that yeah. there is this this method of recording a human image, which is another issue, but um, it's so accurate. So what they chose to suggest was that we can we can actually represent emotional truth, inner truth, deeper truth. So you could argue that a Rembrandt was earlier, but that his portraits, which are painted, you could never get that kind of emotional depth from a photograph. Now, no. a photographer might argue with that. Yeah. All of which is to say that there's always going to be space for the drawing or the painting, and photography hasn't you know, hasn't killed them stone dead. Well, photography, you have to get the exact second. The split Whereas, second. yeah, with the artist, they can yeah. spend hours getting. Yeah. It's an interesting point, though. So I've been thinking about it this week. Oh, I don't know why I got into some looking at some photos, but uh, yeah. Well, with with this, um, you know, on some of these mobile phones, you've got live photo. Mm. So it'll take I don't know how many yeah. it is, like eight or however many. Or if you just take multiple stills. Mm of somebody who doesn't seem to be moving mm. and you look at them carefully and each one's different and you realise that each fraction of a second your your face changes you know mm. something changes yeah and um, we all look at pictures which we really don't like the way we look or other oh, ones we, gosh, we think yeah. oh, actually we don't look so bad there yeah it's a, it's a fraction of a second it's a change of light um, what's slightly frustrating here of course is that she's barely visible I mean it's it's I mean, nothing, hardly at all. You can... Um, her nose is yeah. almost like a... just a dot. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd be... I, I would be tempted to have something reflected in the mirror. Mm. A shoulder or a mm. hand or... Yeah. But again, maybe it's maybe it's light illuminating the blackness, the darkness. I mean, again, one can read... I mean, it's fun to play this kind of, you know, what is what are the symbols? Oh, I could... I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> That's why I like it when people still request paintings. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that means I'm going to get to look at another nice one this week. But I think because there's so many of them, that is why it was so intriguing as to, you know, quite how often she was painted in the, the, the paintings. And I'm assuming because of her past, because of uh, her friendship, almost, with with Jesus and she, and you know the fact that then they say that she was the first person to see him after he was risen so you know why not she's she's got a nice story and also maybe mm. people can associate with her because you know maybe we weren't all so perfect in the past mm -hmm. as you get a bit older you can definitely become you definitely contemplate life more don't you mm. she's definitely um so if you were going into church... Very thoughtful, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. that's exactly yeah. what yeah, you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. You're going into church thinking, oh, wow, well, you know, maybe I could have done that bit differently. Or, so you see you see Mary Magdalene, you're like, oh, OK. She's not on her phone. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she's not on her phone. She's actually thinking about Which is life. quite nice. <laughs> By the way, this is um, at the Met. They actually do date this at 1640. Yeah. And I think they call it the Penitent Magdalene with Two Flames. It's a slightly different title. So, you did tell me when he was born. Um, uh, oh, 1593. 93, mm. so 1940. So he's 47, so you know, he's in some ways getting on. 
starting to reflect. He's starting to reflect himself. Mm. Which is maybe why the skull's there, because I, I, I wasn't quite sure about the skull, to be fair. The skull's definitely there to say, you know, we're all heading the direction. same way. Okay. That's what she's thinking about. And of course, this is, we know that this event happens, all right, this is set in the 17th century, but, you know, she's penitent after mm. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and then, um, um, you know, that whole period is gone now. So this is the aftermath. Yeah. And she's wondering about her role, what she learned, what's her role now. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Beautiful picture. I'm. I'm. Um, I'll have to get onto the mat and say, bring it out. Yeah. I should now be contemplating my next cup of tea, <laughs> <laughs> making sure that I have one, <laughs> just in case. So you're. So if you were to, you know, your your <laughs> contemplation of an evening, the thing that's missing there is a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is busy with lectures <laughs> on really interesting things. Oh, that was quite unusual to go to. It was in. Um, it's great. It's in a beautiful church in Brighton, which I'd never been into before. Oh, well, uh, that, that, that driven is... past it. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of times, but this is the first time I've been in. And um, anyway. No matter where you live, there's always a beautiful church. That is The Penitent Magdalene with Two Flames by Georges de la Tour. Mm. And um, if you find this period interesting, then um, we we have a great artist's short film about Caravaggio. Um, We've certainly done Rembrandt as an exhibition on screen. And I'm sure you all know we've done three Vermeers not least Vermeer, The Greatest Exhibition, which, as we speak and record today, is in its 11th week in cinemas, so doing tremendously well. Um, Thank you all very much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast. For more information, please visit our website at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com. Dot com. See you next time.